Pentecost, Passover, and the Feast of Tabernacles. These are all feasts in the Bible that commemorated something that was happening that God wants his people to remember. Passover was a way to remember their deliverance from Egypt. The Feast of Tabernacles, how God led them through the wilderness for 40 years. And Pentecost was a way to celebrate the harvest, his ongoing supplies. God wants us to remember, and he wants us to have a good time as well. Let's look at the good time that was begun in Esther chapter 9. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. We have come a long way through the book of Esther, and we are beginning to wrap it up by celebrating all the great things God did throughout this book. (laughs) I want to tell you, God did something really awesome for me just last week, and I want to share that story, but I'm going to save it till the end, so stick around for such a time as this. In my last podcast, we took some time to learn what it meant to finish well. And what that means is to stay in the fight until it is complete. Not just partially complete, fully, absolutely, finito, terminato. Try to use a little different languages here, right? It's done. It's complete. And it is because the Jewish people endured to the end, stayed in the fight, and kept believing that God was with them that the following celebration that we're going to read about occurred. So let's dive right in. Now we are in Esther chapter 9, verse 16. Go and grab your Bible uh, and a pen or highlighter, whatever you use to take notes as we take a look at this. All right, so verse 16 says that the other Jews who were in the king's provinces gathered themselves together and stood for their lives and had rest from their enemies and slew of their foes 70 and 5,000, but they laid not their hands on the prey. So Esther and Mordecai and the Jews living in the capital, you know, they took care of the enemies there and all the other Jews, 127 provinces also took care of the enemies out there. So again, this is a complete victory. Verse 17. On the 13th day of the month Adar, on the 14th day of the same, rested they and made it a day of feasting and gladness. As we look at the incredible victory given the Jews through Esther and Mordecai, there are a couple things I think it's important to remember. The Jews were not in Sushan or Persia by choice. Because 80 or so years previous to this, they were hauled off to Babylon because the nation had fallen into sin. And back then, God had sent a number of prophets warning them to repent and to return to him. Those prophets that said disaster was going to come on the land were stoned and mocked. Instead, the people chose to listen to voices that said, no, no, you're going to be delivered. God is with you. It's okay. Well, I am a bit in awe and wonder that this time around, the Jewish people who were exiled and living in Babylon, now Persia, are quick to repent and to return to God when a decree of death is pronounced against them. It has taken a long season of difficulty, shame, and loss for them to come to their senses and realize where they must go first when the enemy pounds on the door. 
I have said on previous podcasts that I'm unsure if America has repented the way it would need to repent to avoid at least some of the discipline coming on us. And I choose the word discipline on purpose because the other day, as I was praying for America, I felt God speak to me and say, I'm not bringing judgment, but discipline. Well, that's a good thing. Hebrews 12, 11 tells us that no discipline is pleasant at the time, but it will produce a harvest for those trained by it. Pastor Tomi Arayomi of Great Britain, he says that God told him that he was going to shake what can be shaken until we are unshakable. So there is a purpose to the discipline. Discipline may feel like judgment, but it is actually an act of love by a father desiring to bring us into a harvest of holiness. Judgment is like goodbye, the end. And discipline means this is something you must endure for a season because I want to strengthen and to mature you. I actually would like to do a podcast uh, more about what I feel God is saying and doing in America. But for now, let's get back to Esther because this is something he is saying to us right now as well. So the Jews living in Persia had been disciplined for a season and it was a long and painful season in a faraway land. But now they understand their frailty and sinfulness. They have learned to call on God and humble themselves through prayer and fasting. They remember what God did. And here, as we move on chapter 9, we see the harvest that came because of God's discipline. Verse 18. But the Jews that were at Sushan assembled together on the 13th day thereof, and on the 14th thereof, and on the 15th day of the same, they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Pizza parties everywhere. Therefore, the Jews of the villages that dwelt in the unwalled towns made the 14th day of the month of Adar a day of gladness and feasting and a good day and of sending portions one to another. And Mordecai wrote those things and sent letters unto all the Jews that were in all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus, both nigh and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the 14th day of the month Adar and the 15th day of the same yearly. As the days were in the Jews rested from their enemies and the month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy and from mourning into a good day, that they should make them days of feasting and joy and of sending portions one to another in gifts to the poor. You know, I have found there to be a steady truth throughout all of scripture as well as history. When we endure for God's sake and the sake of righteousness, the days of mourning do end and joy will come in the morning. Verse 23, And the Jews undertook to do as they had begun, and as Mordecai had written unto them, because Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews, had devised against the Jews to destroy them, and had cast purr, that is the lot, to consume them and to destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letters that his wicked device, which he devised against the Jews, should return upon his own head, and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. Wherefore, they called these days Purim, after the name of Pur. Therefore, for all the words of this letter and of that which they had seen concerning this matter and which had come unto them. So again, they're recounting, they're remembering all that God has done. So I think it's interesting that they name this celebration 
Pur or Purim. Why not Mordecai or Days of Excellence? But they named it after uh, the lot that was rolled. And it seems that what stood out most to these people was that when the dice were rolled against them, God caused it to fall in their favor. In the end of the matter, it's clear that God was the one in control all along. I love uh, Kevin Zadai. If you've never listened to him, he puts out some great teaching. And he's fond of saying, it's all rigged in your favor. That God has set you up to succeed, not to fail. So go for it. And that might mean you endure suffering, if need be, for a season. But never lose sight of the victory that will lie ahead. Hebrews 10.36 tells us, you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Verse 27, the Jews ordained and took upon them and upon their seed and upon all such as joined themselves unto them, so as it should not fail, that they would keep those two days according to their writing and according to their appointed time every year. And that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, every family, every province, and every city. And that these days of Purim should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. Let me just finish it up here. Then Esther the queen, the daughter of Abahel, and Mordecai the Jew, wrote with all authority to confirm this second letter Purim. And he sent letters unto all the Jews, to the hundred twenty and seven provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus, with words of peace and truth, to confirm these days of Purim in their times appointed, according as Mordecai the Jew and Esther the queen had enjoined them, and as they had decreed for themselves and for their seed the matters of the fasting and their cry. And the decree of Esther confirmed these matters of Purim, and it was written in the book. Well, Purim, as a holiday, just recently passed, and to this day, um, Jews will uh, fast for the day before Purim, and they'll hold a feast, and they put on plays. I mean, kids dress up with all the characters out of Esther. I mean, what a great story. So it totally makes sense they would do that. And they also make things to give to poor people and to their neighbors. I think that is a fantastic way to celebrate what God has done. And it is a time to set aside the burdens of today and celebrate God's victories from the past. God is always creating ways for his people to remember his goodness to them. He knows that there's tough seasons and we need to look back and look at those memorial stones that remind us he is a faithful God. Like I said at the beginning, we have Passover that God ordained to celebrate their deliverance from Egypt and Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles where we remember how God led them 40 years through a desert. And what's really cool is that um, these feasts are so much fun for the whole family to get involved. So God wanted kids to learn and he wanted us to enjoy and celebrate uh the good things that he's done. And especially God has ordained communion as we remember Jesus suffering and death for our sin and the new covenant he gave us, not one of works, but of simply trusting in his forgiveness and redemption. If you've never bowed your head and heart to Lord, confessed your sin, your sinfulness, your need of a savior, you know what? Today's a good day to be delivered 
and set free from sin's chains so you will have a reason to celebrate and we can celebrate with you. Let's conclude today by praying together for anyone who would like to receive Jesus as their Savior and take the free gift of eternal life. Before we pray that, I do want to share my story so we can end on that prayer. So prepare your hearts um, as you consider, have I given my life to the Lord? This was just something kind of cool that happened, and I want to read it because it is a way also for me to remember the great things that God has done. So it says, uh, February 27th, 21, a funny thing happened to me this week. I was listening, as I am wont to do. I can talk kind of goofy in my journals, right? I'm allowed. Um, to the Prophecy Club podcast, the host, Stan Johnson, said he felt led to pray on the podcast without editing it to unveil how he has been praying for an upcoming event he's hosting, his sevenfold miracle conference which will take place in far off, far off from me anyway, Dallas, Texas. I listened, unsure as I listened, to his passionate plea for people to come. I didn't want to be gone during my spring break, and Texas is far away. The conference I knew would cost over $1,000 with all expenses, and I didn't really crave a miracle ministry, and I'm not sick or in need of a healing, but I do like Stan. I appreciate his heart. Don't agree with everything he says, but I've really enjoyed the Prophecy Club podcast. So after I listened, I told the Lord, I don't feel led to go to this, but if you want me to go, I would have a difficult time convincing Charlie that I should spend that amount of money. So I think, Lord, you should pay half my way if you want me to go. So, still guessing it would be around a 1000 I told the Lord, I'll need $500 tomorrow, which would be February 23rd. If you provide $500 tomorrow and only tomorrow, I will go, because that's how I'll know that that money is from you for the conference. Well, the next day, I expected nothing, because I put out those sort of fleeces before for things I really felt led to do and really desired, and nothing happened. So I checked my mail, and sure enough, nothing. It was out of mind after that. The next day, in between runs, I checked my email, adding in my work email, which I only check once a week or so. And there I saw an email dated February 23rd saying all employees would be getting $500 in their next check because the board had met Monday night after I prayed that prayer, right? And decided to give all the employees $500 because of the extra work they've had to do during this COVID season. Well, when I read that, to be honest, my first thought was, oh, cool. Charlie will be pleased. But then it was sort of like I heard a little <clears throat> behind me and God reminded me, uh, I believe we have an agreement. Well, God wasn't even done there. That same day in the mail, I had another check from the state of Michigan for $250 that I had no idea was coming and a gift of $100 from a friend who sent it as a thank you because I helped her get a blog started. I mean, I don't get checks randomly in the mail ever. So God, God must have known that $500 would not cover half and included one half the suggested donation, the hotel, and spending money as well. Well, yesterday, 
when I wrote this in my journal yesterday, I got all signed up. I found a great deal on plane tickets and was interesting too. My husband thought of going. And so we went back and looked at those plane tickets the next day and they had tripled in price. So God kind of like gave me the plane ticket when I needed it. Uh, now I'm looking forward to simply having a very special God time in Dallas, Texas. God does great things for his kids. He really does. He loves us. He's thinking of you. He has plans for you. And it's all rigged in your favor, even if at times it seems hard, even if at times we have to endure suffering as good soldiers. In the end, the victory is the Lord's, and there will be great cause for celebration. I want to pray right now. For those of you who may have never asked the Lord Jesus into your life to forgive you of your sins. So let's all bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you provide and that you guide and that you care for the needs of your children. Anyone who may be out there who is not yet adopted, brought into your kingdom, may their heart be soft towards you. And repeat after me, if that is you, dear Lord, forgive me for my sin, for turning away from you, for doing things my way. Lord, I desire for your forgiveness. I desire to be part of your forever family. Come into my life. I surrender all to you. Thank you for dying for me. I remember what you did for me. Thank you. And now I come into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family. If that's you, let me know. Uh, how to get a hold of me will be posted in the show notes for today. So stop by at any one of those social media sites, which I'm hopefully changing soon and revamping. But for now, use those sites and, um, and those links will be in touch. God bless you. And I'd also love it if you'd share your story as well with me. We'll see you next week for the very, very conclusion of the Book of Esther for such a time as this.